0: I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hi, Marjorie. How are you? I'm doing well. It's it's not, you know, I'm not too, I, I felt like I had nothing going on and then it turned out I had to host an extra show, do a call... That lasted a long time. I have to go get blood drawn for new life insurance. Isn't that exciting? What an adulting thing to do! Absolutely. And then I have to go, and then I go do Twin Cities Live. So I was like, "Oh, tomorrow's really easy." And then turned out it wasn't. But it was. It's been good. It's been very nice. And it's a rainy day, and um, oh, good. so. And we're just kind of like gearing up for school. We got a little date night tonight. So all is well in the Rymer's household. All is well. Well, we're
1: going to do August watch, read, listen. But before we get into that, I have a quick little story to tell you. So yesterday, please tell. there's a lot going on here, which I won't get into uh, right in this moment. Oh but um, I'm starting a new job. My mom's situation mm. has turned into a crisis point. Blah blah. blah, blah. Oh, so there's, it's it's just a lot, which is fine. So I was a little stressed yesterday and I'm yeah, not feeling yeah. really well. Not COVID, but I've got a little bit of a something that my sons passed to me when I was in Chicago helping them move. So it's just like a little sinus infection. So there's a lot going on. So we're in the car and my husband was asking Ian was asking me about something, and I sort of responded harshly.
0: Mm, the and tone so then, maybe
1: a little bit of tone a little bit of tone in there and so we go to dinner and we're sitting at dinner and he's like i'm like so let's talk about because he kind of shuts down when that happens big surprise Aww. and i'm yeah. like so like let's talk about what happened and he's like well you know it's just the way you respond and he said you know i've been listening to this podcast called best to the nest and you know <laughs> oh,
0: <my laughs> that's a real kick in the craw and they bring that up
1: <laughs> it's like, you know, it's been really helpful about how we should bring our best to the nest. Like, yeah, maybe I'll listen to that someday. Maybe I'll do that. But anyway, so just so y'all know, it's a work in progress. Always. This podcast is
0: aspirational. <laughs> Even for the people who host it. Yes. 100 percent yeah oh my so. gosh I'd love that we do that a lot we do a lot of the are you bringing your nest to best to the nest is <laughs> this the best you have for the nest in this moment it's not
1: very good it's not it's very good feeling like very best
0: to me no it's, right. it's feeling like you're trying to take this nest apart and burn it down I know
1: That's right that's right I was trying well, to burn it down know. yesterday
0: trying to burn it down Happens to the best of us. That is absolutely true. But you know what? You can always just distract from what's going on by consuming some wonderful media. So I want to know, um, what you're watching. What, it, what have you been watching lately?
1: I think you'd like what I'm watching right now. I'm about halfway through it and it's called The Last Movie Stars. It's a documentary about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. Oh, you probably yeah. don't have as much of an influence on your, like, Celebrity world as they do on mine. I mean, he yeah. was older, obviously, than me. But Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid was a huge hit when I was like ten, and so he was yeah. a part of you know he was a part of me growing up. Um, and this is really interesting. It's a documentary on HBO Max, directed by Ethan Hawke, who most people know him from Good Reality world. Bites,
0: obviously. Reality. Hello, I mean, come on,
1: Reality Bites. And then what was the movie with Robin Williams? where they're all in a private boy's school. That's really when oh. he became sort of famous.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I like, can't yeah. remember. This is not going to be good. I remember, too, that he cheated on Uma Thurman. And I w- remember that as sort of like a pivotal lesson to me that is actually really interesting, that b- it doesn't matter how, like, perfect you seem and how beautiful you are and whatever, that someone can still cheat on you. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if a you know, good lesson, but I remember being shocked by that because Uma Thurman was like hot, 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 hot when that and, happened.
1: And hot, hot, hot career wise. And what's interesting right. is I did a little bit of a deep dive on that cheating scandal because he says no, that he wasn't cheating as he said. he. It's very vague, but basically the cheating came maybe while the marriage was disintegrating. Or after the marriage had disintegrated. You know, it's all very vague. But at the same time, while it's all very vague, there are quotes from him saying, we are not meant to be monogamous. So, you know, that's a little – but what's interesting about the Ethan Hawke thing, he did end up marrying uh, a woman who had been his children's nanny briefly, which is always quite quite (laughs) difficult. But anyway, um, he's an interesting choice to direct this because – he was asked by Paul Newman's daughter to do it. I would love for you to watch it just from a production standpoint. It's very interesting. It was produced during the pandemic, and he was given this treasure trove of interviews because Paul Newman had wanted to do an autobiography. So he had gone out with an assistant, and they had done interviews with everybody they had worked with, all his personal contacts. Um, They'd recorded all of these. His ex-wife. His ex-wife who he left for Joanna Woodward. I mean, Paul Newman and Joanna Woodward had a five-year affair. And Paul Newman had three kids with his first wife. They interviewed her. So all um, all of this stuff should have been available to Ethan Hawke, except Paul Newman went out and burned all of the tapes. But somebody had transcribed them. So working off the transcriptions, Ethan Hawke hires all of these actor friends. So George Clooney is the voice of Paul Newman. So they reenact some of these interviews. So it's a really interesting hodgepodge of sort of techniques to bring the story to life. It doesn't always work. And they did it during COVID. So you get a lot of really, Mm -hmm. like, bad Zoom sessions in the midst of the documentary, (laughs) It's it's really interesting. And as a producer, I look at that and I really admire what he's trying to do. I think he mm-hmm. kind of loses his way sometimes. But the story okay. that emerges, which makes it worthwhile to watch, I think, for anybody who's interested in in sort of old Hollywood, and then also interested in how a woman navigates motherhood and success – Mm -hmm. Joanne Woodward is actually quoted as saying if she had to do it again, even though she loves her children, she probably wouldn't have had children. And she says this because she so sacrificed her career because she ended up, you know, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, she ended up raising the children. So it's a very interesting – like I said, it's it's a little bit of a mess in terms of the – it's a six-part series, but there are a lot of really interesting themes that come up. That even in light of like Venus Williams, um, or is it
0: Serena Williams? Serena Williams. Yeah, which is is exactly what I was thinking of.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a timeless issue for women, which we could do a Mm -hmm. whole podcast on that. But it touches on a lot of themes, um, including alcoholism and name it, this marriage went through it. So I think you'd really enjoy it. I do. It's
0: very complex. Interesting. Okay, so six-part series. Did you say it's on Netflix? HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay, good. Yep. Thank you. Yep. They both yep. have an X and then I get confused. And it's I don't okay. Know which one it's it okay. Is. I get it. Um, my pick is on Netflix. I watched this movie the other night and it's just kind of cheesy, but also kind of wonderful. And I think that you should watch it, Marjorie. So okay. this movie's on Netflix. It's called Purple Hearts. And. Right. <laughs> It was suggested to be by Netflix because I was watching Virgin (laughs) River and I finished the third season of Virgin River with great delight and joy (laughs) and, um, And then I watched this movie, Purple Hearts. So Sophia Carson is in it. You will not know Sophia Carson, but my children love The Descendants. And so she is one of like the Disney stars on The Descendants series. And she's very talented. She's a great singer. So in this movie, she's an aspiring musician. And she marries this soon-to-deploy Marine, And they do it because she needs health insurance and he needs money for a reason too. And so when you get married, you get military benefits. She had no health insurance and she's also a type one diabetic. And so that was like the big problem of why she didn't, why she needed the health insurance because she couldn't pay for her insulin. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's like, it's kind of like a cheesy Lifetime movie but like with a little bit more depth and some really banger music in there There because she's a musician. And so they show her like playing and then he kind of becomes her muse. I'm telling you it's two hours and two minutes long. You're not going to regret that you watched it. You're going to feel like this is great. And what I want you to do nesters is I want you to watch this when you're not distracted by like a husband or a child or something like I want you to find a time when you can consume this movie with perhaps some of your favorite food. Like if you want to have some salt and vinegar chips and like French onion dip, or <laughs> if you want to like order in sushi for yourself, I mean, whatever you want to do, I want you to curate this experience for yourself so heart. that it just feels like what it should be, which is just like some wonderful joy and hopefully with some sort of crunchy, salty, sweet snack. It's Here you go. great
1: and i'm not judging cuz i'm also the woman that watched marry me so
0: i'm yeah, not you're gonna judging you're going to love this. no yeah, you're going to love it i'm not judging and i think no you, you know what you're laughing with me and you're yeah. i painted a picture for you that you I'm are good. going to create I'm for sure I'm good
1: i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with being transported romantically that's no, a beautiful it's fun. thing especially these days okay so it's right great. now i'm reading stuff that i won't even really go into i'm reading a lot of academic journals <sighs> and stuff
0: All right, so the nerd alert has to go out. Okay, but you're not going to share an academic journal, please, for the love of God.
1: I'm not going to, but it does allow me just to say the change that's coming in my life is I'm going back to school. So I got accepted to the graduate program here at Kansas State University, which is really fun to be 58 years old and going back to school. I've been trying to go back to school since I was in my 30s, and then children would get – you know, I I shouldn't say get in the way, but (laughs) – let's just say it, children would get in the way, jobs (laughs) got in the way. But I've been literally trying to go back to school for like 25 years. And so it's sort of really fun. Um, But, and I'm also going to be teaching next semester. And so I'm just so exciting. It's really fun. I'm sort of buried in, in all of that, but in order to get accepted, this is the funny part, Elizabeth, in order, I had to do like a proper application Which most people are anywhere between 21 and 30 when they're applying for their masters, you know, to go into a master's program. So when I talk to the head of the department, I'm like, "You have to have an eight-page paper to submit." So most people just submit something that they've just written. Yeah. For their class. Yeah, undergraduate thesis. I don't have anything like that. I've got TV scripts.
0: (laughs) They're not eight pages. I can tell you that.
1: So I had to write, did, I don't even know if I told you about this on the podcast. So if I'm repeating myself, everybody. So I no, had to you didn't. Write you it.
0: told me about it on a phone call when you told me you were going okay. back to school. And I said, oh, it's the Punnett it way.
1: It's the Punnett it way. So I had to write an eight page paper. And what was so fun is I wrote it. Um, I sent it off to my son to take a look at it. And he's like, he just wrote back and said, we need to chat, which basically means the paper sucks. So I had to call him. He's like, yeah, I think you ought to start over. So I had to start Shoot, over. dog. And so, but I wrote another one. I liked it. I submitted it. It's fine. And I got into the program. And so it's very exciting. So that's what I've been just reading a lot of stuff to get to write the paper and to get accepted and all of that stuff. So there's nothing that I think anybody would be interested in except me. So that's the only suggestion I can say is go back to school. That's okay.
0: Yeah. Go back to school. Well, I'll mention something that I mentioned last week, but I am continuing on. I'm actually listening to it on Audible, but you can certainly read it. And this is the book Life Force by Tony Robbins, co-written by two doctors as well. And they have a whole panel of like leading health experts who weigh in and contribute to this book. Um, It's a 22 hour listen on Audible. As I mentioned last week, I am now, I think I have uh 15 and a half hours left. I've really been listening to it like non-stop. And as I said last week, let me just bring up to Nesters who maybe are feel that Tony Robbins is problematic. He, all of the proceeds from this book are being donated. So if that makes you feel better, if you don't want to consume it for that reason too, it's certainly not going to hurt me, my feelings. I just think like it is really fascinating. Like the collective group of health experts that he was able to bring together to really talk about in, in it's a kind, some things are technical, but a lot of it is like really layman's terms, just about the amazing advances in treating certain diseases, and then also the amazing advances in testing and some of the self-monitoring that you can do through tests that you'll be able to ask for from a healthcare professional that are probably, well, not probably, that are not going to be just offered to you. You will have to advocate for yourself to get these tests done. That being said, it's simple to get most of them done, um, where you can get a really complete picture of your health and optimizing your health. And it's just, it's good. It's really, if it's a very interesting book. If you kind of nerd out on some like, you know, health and wellness and that idea of optimizing your health that we talked about so much with Senya, um, I think you're going to be interested in this book.
1: Yeah, I am going to get that from Audible. And I, I we keep going back to this. It's sort of a recurring theme in the podcast of optimizing health. And I just think what's exciting for you and for anybody that's listening, in your 40s, this is such a key time to zero in on what your baseline is. Yeah. It really is. I mean, obviously you should be healthy. You should try and be healthy your whole life. But I mean your twenties and thirties are a little crazy and there's a lot of
0: stuff going on for women. Well, you can rebound from treating your body badly.
1: Yeah. You you have the time to do it. You really do. And I think you're sort most women are done with the with having children and your body changes after that. So you get a new baseline. You're just you're doing this in the perfect time. But this idea of optimizing your health, I'm telling you from You know, I think I've done okay. I think I've done okay. But at 58, even for me, it's really important now to sort of get a new baseline and figure out what, like, I'm in my last 30. Because I want to optimize the last 30. I don't want to live to be 90. I really don't. I'm not even
0: sure I want to live to be 80.
1: But I'd like to optimize my health between now and 80 and just make sure that I would that-
0: like you to live to be 90 just so just so, let the record show so <laughs> like just so you know but you know this is the interesting thing about it i mean and this is what this is what they talk about so much in this book is that idea of getting older but you know he like tony robbins talks about the same thing he's like okay i'm looking at all these longevity experts when i started going down the this road and he's like i don't think i want to live to be 100 but 100 is different you know like right. even the 40 of today is totally different than the 40 was 20 years ago. And like we talked about 200 years ago, the life expectancy was 45. So you weren't even, I mean, so that idea that we could like increase lifespan is number one, not far fetched. And number two, it's also, um, you have to remember that the definition of like what life will look like for you at that age, if you are able to take care of yourself is totally different because I want to live a long life and I also want a swift decline. Like those are the two things that are really important to me. And I would say I I would probably flip flop them. I would like the swift decline to be priority number one and the long life to be priority number two. And so when you can sort of zero in on some of those goals, and then figure out the ways that you can get there. But the bottom line is, you know, health is so co-opted by marketing that it's impossible for like, if you don't take an interest in learning, you will never be able to figure out what healthy means. Because go through the grocery store aisle. You want to list all the crap that says health on it? Like, it's Two hundred things, I bet, within walking, you know, through three aisles that will say healthy that I would probably argue, and most health experts—I'm not a health expert, I'm just an enthusiast—but that they would <laughs> say are not healthy too. So I you really have you to like enthusiast, yes, enthusiast. You have to do your own so. research, and then you have to empower yourself. And um, and this book I think is really helpful. In doing that. So I would say, it. you know, I will, I do want to, the caveat is that I don't necessarily think the narrator, I could never listen to Tony Robbins talk for this long. Okay. Because his voice would drive me crazy. He does the first chapter and the last chapter. The, um, the narrator who does the rest of it is not that great. In my opinion, I'm sure a wonderful person, you know, and probably like hosts great parties and is generous and kind, but whatever. Um, it's just, his voice is like a little dry for me. So if you. I'm not going to sing the praises of the audible performance right. but for me that's the best way for me to consume it right now especially a book um, like and I that. think you could read it
1: especially it's a, book a big like book that. well those are the greatest kind of books to consume on audible or just in an audio version because yeah. the writing isn't precious like it's not like you no. You're trying to, oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful
0: sentence or
1: no, it's information. No. You're just taking in information. I might go
0: back. I might actually purchase the hardcover, but oh, not for the, hardcover, re- the actual books so that I can like then just bust through and skim through and post-it notes and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. That might that's be true. That's true. the way that I tackle it.
1: Well, I will tell you the, this idea of optimizing your health Ian's aunt and uncle who I just adored. They're like, they were like the greatest couple. They were this cute couple. They never had children. They came up to us after we got married. And mind you, I was pretty young when we got married and they sort of pulled us over to a corner and there said, you're going to feel a lot of pressure to have children. We're just here to tell you it's great not having kids. So just know that that's an alternative lifestyle. Which I so love because you do get all of that pressure, like
0: Oh, you totally do. It's as soon as when are you gonna have a baby? And I will yeah. make the argument that probably people who don't have children, if you like by and large asked them about the happiness scale on their marriage. Yeah. If you don't have children, you are likely going to say you're happier in your marriage than people who do. It's just would, a complicating factor. And it doesn't mean it it's is. not worth it. No, nope. nope, but it's it's it just
1: so is. cute. They wanted to give us license to to make that choice. But I love that I that's their alternative lifestyle. Their alternative. They were so wonderful. But he died last year, and he was 91, oh. and he passed away in his sleep. She is 92, and lives on her own. Still drives a car. Handles all of her own investments. Handles everything. She's as sharp as can be. And so, and 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 they lived a very. Um, Aware lifestyle in that sense, I think health wise, and so right. I think that to your point is to live long, you know, fade fast. That's sort of the goal, <laughs> you know, as opposed to you know just. I, and I think what 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 is interesting to me, and you'll start to see this as you get older, Elizabeth, are people who become very accepting of the medications that they're given to solve problems which mm-hmm. diet habit other things could solve. Yeah, because that's
0: basically like masking symptoms.
1: It's a really slippery slope. And I just think optimizing Mm -hmm. your health and and doing the sort of deep dives that you do. It's just I I admire it so much because I think it's going to make a difference. So
0: I love that slogan that you just came up with, live long, fade fast.
1: (laughs) Did I just come up with that? I'm a little delirious. I want to put it on a t-shirt.
0: I want to put it on a mug. I want to put it on a shaker bottle and shake a protein shake in it. (laughs)
1: There you go. <laughs> okay. What are you listening to? Another pun it way. You say that's the pun it way. Another pun mm-hmm. it way is this is what we were listening to last night on a conversation with our son, Campbell. Um, as a family, we love the Bond movies. For sure. Fun. And those were some of the – we allowed the boys to watch Bond movies probably at a much younger age than other adult movies. So last night we got into this big discussion about what are the, what are the best Bond themes? Swear to God, like an hour gone of our life of all of us just going through like, what are the best Bond themes? But there's an Bond. article in variety, which lists all of the best Bond movies. And I will tell you, like as a Friday night activity, if you're a Bond fan, super fun. I mean, it's super fun yeah. to go back and remember. Um, but what would you say is the best Bond movie or Bond movie theme?
0: The theme song. Well, I love the, um, the Adele one, the Skyfall Skyfall song. That was, was like just, 10. That was to, number 10 on the I list. So.
1: Yeah. Hold on. What? I have to pull this up. Talk about talk you're talking about, about what,
0: this isn't ranking the movies. This is ranking the, themes, the bond songs. themes.
1: And that's what we okay. were listening to last night, but I had it pulled up and it went away. So tell me what you're listening to. And then I'm going to, I'll give you all the answers when you come back. Cause I got to pull up. These oh, ones.
0: okay. Um, well, I have them here. Do you want me to tell you? Or yes. You, you're no, you so can get them.
1: faster than I am.
0: Well, Sam Smith's writing on the wall from Spectre of 2015 was number 26. I
1: know. Isn't that amazing? Who that asked.
0: was the lowest one. I'll just get to like, oh, 19 was Tomorrow Never Dies, Sheryl Crow from Tomorrow Never Dies in yeah, 1997.
1: Die, Paul McCartney's, which is one of the best Bond themes ever, was fifth. Which was so surprising. Really? To me. Oh,
0: yeah. Adele "Skyfall" was number thirteen on their list,
1: which I think is too low. It should have been higher. Yeah, I
0: think so too. I think that's a great one. Um, let's see, number seven, Carly Simon, "Nobody Does It Better." Pretty awesome. I didn't even realize that was a Bond theme song. I got to oh, watch yeah. more of these.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to do good. a you got to do a Bond marathon. It's yeah, so we fun. definitely
0: need to do a marathon. Paul McCartney and the Wings, Live and Let Die, that was from nineteen seventy-three, was number five. Nancy Sinatra, You Only Live Twice, was number four. Um, John Barry was did the James Bond theme from nineteen sixty two. That's the instrumental yeah. one. I mean, I, that that's like the
1: the argument in our family last night is that really shouldn't have counted, but that's
0: Yeah. True. And then number one is Shirley Bassey, Diamonds Are Forever from yeah. Diamonds Are Forever in nineteen seventy one.
1: But that's what the pun intended. Oh, are this is fun. To. Yeah, it is kind of fun. Yeah, I like
0: that. I think that's fun. That's like a good cabin conversation. You know, <laughs> talking about sort of music bringing you back, though, that's exactly the route that I'm going for my listening because when we were up at the lake last weekend, we did this really fun. We're just everything's so nineties right now. Ever the nineties are hot, the nineties are back. I mean, our nanny Margot wears things that I say to her, like, I swear to you I wore this exact outfit in high school. Oh like it's God. unbelievable. I have now become that person who says that to high school students. And <laughs> um and I and just loving all the 90s. So what we did when we were on a boat with my best friend and her husband is we just did like a round robin, pick a 90s song, and then we'll play it. Right. And so we were, and then it was just so funny because we just start telling stories about like what that song brings us back to. And that was what was very fun. And so I'm loving that we were kind of on that same theme here with what we're listening to is right. just if you throw out some 90s music, like the song tub thumping by Chumbawamba oh, that's is a, a oh, definitive fine. song that but, I if I hear it I am immediately brought back to the little drive through coffee shop oh, that nice. I used to work at when I oh, was in funny. high school And I can, like, I mean, I literally, like, I can smell the coffee when I hear the song. It's wild. So it's kind of fun to start then tossing out some of those 90s songs, remember where you were, have some conversations with your friends. But I love that both of the things we're listening to was, like, sparking conversations. So that's very fun. A
1: a little retro. And we could do a book called Cabin Conversations. Just a a little. or, Or a game. You turn it into a game. It could be
0: a game. That's a great idea. All right. Listen, very fun chatting with you today, Marjorie. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a review at Apple Podcasts. This is the longest review I've ever seen. And this is very exciting, Marjorie. I know
1: this is from Amy Ann nine and she wrote love to say this really hit home. And this was a podcast that my husband and I did uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and, I think that the name of it was Time is Ticking. But she said, first of all, I love the podcast and look forward to listening every week. This week's episode really hit home for me as we're taking our oldest to college in just three weeks, and my emotions are all over the place, happy, sad, excited, terrified. You and Ian did such a great job of putting things into perspective for this college mom newbie, and I am so grateful. As a high school English teacher, I also appreciated the message about college writing and reading. The best writers are avid readers, and a liberal arts education prepares you for the person you want to be. I went to Notre Dame and Father Hesburg. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. Former president of the university said, and I am paraphrasing, that you go to college not to become something, but rather to become someone. Thank you for driving home that message, and thank you for the wonderful podcast. Oh, and I, too, had to purchase the Riverside Shakespeare and the Riverside Chaucer in college, such as the life of an English major. We were commiserating on, if you're an English major in the 80s in particular, there was a beautifully bound, all of the works of Shakespeare. Everybody has to take Shakespeare. Didn't enjoy yeah. that class very much. The book was like a hundred bucks, like in the eighties. I mean, it was so that's expensive. So it was so expensive. So we that's were like all... 500
0: in today's dollars. Oh,
1: It was insane. It was insane, but you had to have it. And so anyway, and I always wanted my books to be new because I didn't want anybody else's highlighting in it.
0: So I was very. Oh <laughs> Here, I was like, can I borrow someone so I don't have to buy this? I mean, honest to God. <laughs>
1: are some foundational differences we do.
0: I like are, you better. Joy when we find them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, like I like you better. You better.
0: <laughs> it's probably Anyways. a slightly easier living with me, Marjorie. But you know, exactly. you know what I always say: wherever you go, there you are.
1: <laughs> oh my God, is that true? Find <laughs> us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home.